Anyways, <laughs> recording in progress. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. At yeah, this point, it's been like three weeks, but... Yeah, we'll get it done. We did do uh, one like... of them. We just didn't uh, figure out how to upload them. So it's not like we totally skipped and then one time we just didn't work, but... It's been a mess of a few weeks. Uh, yeah, the holidays suck. It's yes. worse. Yes. They are. And then my laptop caught, like literally caught on fire. Um, so the file for that week's was just kind of oops. And mm-hmm. then I didn't get the, the computer in in time. And we were trying to like juggle things to make it so that we would. So we've missed two weeks, which is actually the longest we've ever missed of doing Ancient Wisdom, which was weird and like one of the weeks was fine, but we also just lost one of the episodes we we recorded. So, um, yeah, it's been weird. But uh, yeah, what's I up, know. Dave? How how are all of our followers gonna keep up on Pokemon news? I mean, your mother in law really must be lost. JJ, do you even know anything about the current state <laughs> of competitive Pokemon? Like, let's be real here. This is here's here's how I know that uh we're not even necessary. I got a text from him about the Tropius Lost Box deck yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't even need us. My man's in. It's unfortunate. I mean, we need because him. I played the trophies lost box you know. yesterday. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So since then, we've had a uh, we've had a league challenge and a league cup, both of which we were both supposed to go to. Both of which only one of us went to. I was that person in both cases. Um, I got top eight at the league cup, and I've not actually been able to tell you the story yet. But the someone actually rage quitting. And leaving the store after playing me was the highlight of the event. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so I was playing Block Lax, and uh, this guy was playing Charizard. And he was clearly irritated from the second he sat down, which, whatever, get over it, play better. Yeah, was um, I need, I need just, I don't know if this has been related to you, but this was somebody who also was wearing a team jersey to a 20-person tournament. So there's that. And by team jersey, I mean like a, like a sponsored like Pokemon team, like Shout out to Pittsburgh Junction, or whatever they're called. Um, he had he had the Iono in hand to actually force the tie, um, but played very poorly and forgot to play it because I was you know doing control things and he was not succeeding. Um, af- after the game, where I decked him out, he goes, "Well, it's nothing against you, man. I just hate decks like that." I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's tough. If you play the outs, it's, it's pretty beatable though." And he's like, no, it shouldn't exist. Like, you should, these cards should just be banned. They shouldn't, Pokemon needs to do something about their game because things like this shouldn't exist. I'm like, hold up. Cause I don't agree with that. Are you saying that control shouldn't exist? He goes, no, it shouldn't. I'm like, so you only want like the attacks, the big, big attack decks. Yeah, that's how Pokemon's supposed to be played. I'm like, well, that's just not correct. It just sounds like you're not very good. And um, that caused him to leave the store. I love but that. But it felt like the right, it felt like the right thing to say. So, um, not like I, I was, it, it, he was like doing disrespectful things throughout the entire game, like uh, playing like he was he had artisan in play and was like using it, shuffling his deck, not even looking, just to waste time. Which like at any point I could have called a judge on that because that's just illegal. Like that's just not in the spirit of the game. Like at least search. Like you're just being thick now, but I didn't because like whatever I get it. So that was that was a nice topper to that. Um, but yeah, so top eight with block lax in, in a cup. And last night I played the. What like our version, like our, our our couple card changes of the Tropius Lost Box deck playing Shaman instead of Tropius to give us another V Star outlet. Um, mm-hmm. Because we had cut Raikou and it feels kind of crappy to only have 
Moltres as the uh, four stone target. It only came up that I would ever play it on a Moltres, but uh, yeah, the deck was good. Deck was, deck was actually really interesting. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, you've not played any Pokemon. What have you been doing over the last few weeks in terms of in terms of Pokemon, whether it be online or whatever? Nah, just kind of you know keeping up. I uh, played. I got to play some last week on Wednesday. Tested for a little bit. Uh, played a number of different decks. Um, was really happy with uh, kind of updating towards Kyogre list from uh, whichever regional that was. Just kind of worked on iterating that and making some changes there. Really happy with that deck list. Um, and really happy with uh, Mew as well. So just kind of playing some games, testing, uh, working with our, our friend Ross, who's getting into the game and learning. So uh, it was pretty nice to get some testing in. And I think I'm actually, as long as I can get enough done, we have a Christmas party this weekend. As long as I can get enough done today, I'm going to go uh, test with him. And JJ's actually going to try to come out to the store as well. So just going to oh, do nice. some more testing with some homies. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, yes, yeah, hopefully starting either like... next week. Yeah, I guess next week. Next week's not Christmas. Hopefully starting next week back to locals. That'll be cool. Yeah, like last night was obviously smaller because it was just a challenge, but there were still 13 people, two of which are like, I didn't know at the time. And then I looked at the guy's name afterwards because he said it. And I was like, uh, two of them are actually like read like grinders. Like uh, the guy, I played him in the first round of the, of the cup and i'd seen him there before but i didn't know who he was but he was using the uh internet man i was like well that that's sick but it's only been in brazil so far so what are we doing here um and he apparently got top eight at pittsburgh and then um I, he got top 64 at uh laic so that was kind of cool like actually have, like decent players there no no disrespect to the usual locals but like anytime like, the, the local in and of itself is getting better it's nice to actually like rather than just like over the the, the previous summer where it was like literally just little kids Mm-hmm. Um, so we felt like we were either testing that we could have just done without signing up or like wasting a half hour, no disrespect, but like if you're playing against a mean deck, you don't get anything out of testing your deck. So yeah, right. Yeah. So it was, de- it's definitely, definitely improved. So I'll be looking forward to that. Like actually us going to locals again together it hasn't happened in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be nice to actually play some, some games against other people. Yeah. Um, so we haven't really, like we've talked, but we haven't done a podcast. We did one following the dance and that was the one that was lit that's on the one that's lost the time yeah yeah and then has there been a there's been what stuttgart since then and then there's san antonio this weekend so things are still moving and while like we we seem to know what the good decks are in this format it, it like more than most and i don't know if that's just the nature of the way like the, the nature of the top decks being so um like customizable but i feel like there's actually been a fair bit of like not like the adaptation evolution throughout the format so far yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think part of that comes from uh, just how down on non-Giratina Lost Box decks everyone was at the first event of the format, which, yeah. uh, as as is tradition, works itself out in the way where people stop playing Giratina and start playing other Lost Box decks. Um, <laughs> and what do you know? Those other Lost Box decks end up... I, I don't understand how we keep doing this. Just to take a quick aside here, how does this keep happening? I, like, I don't like know. It, uh good dance it's like Tord does really well but it's kind of viewed as like a meme deck that Tord played and it's like oh no this deck's actually really good uh you know turns out tina's not performing as well as people thought it should be who would have thought this happens literally every single format and now we have a a multitude of different lost box decks doing well in events like what yeah. why does this keep happening i you know i don't know and like tina did fine at this event i mean it's it's, it's europe i think they tend to play 
you know, a little bit more in Stuttgart. But yeah, I mean, obviously uh, Tina top forward, it was still a good deck. It's yeah, you know, it it's was, gonna do well. I'm not saying Tina is just gonna disappear, but like it goes from being like, oh yeah, yeah, thirty percent of the loss, or like not thirty percent, but like over half of the lost box decks are Tina. Fifteen percent of room is Tina. Why? Why is this happening? Just yeah, for it to continuously it, fall while the other ones come up. And I yeah, know it was part a, of it's just like Tina is you can brute force it into whatever room, but it's just silly to me, I guess. It was the most played deck in day two, tied with Gardevoir with 15 copies, which is a pretty large chunk, like a, about a th- almost a third of the room was mm-hmm. playing those two decks. Um, but then, like, the other Lost Box variants had cre- crept up to nine in, in day two, which shows you that it's, like, obviously, like, finally starting to see a little bit of a resurgence. And, like, people are seeing these new lists, whether it be from Pedro or Tord or... Uh, obviously, Sables Art is what won the event, so just mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. You can tell that there's some room for experimentation with the Lost Zone engine, and um, I mean, obviously, we're big fans of that. I, I like I said, I played the something similar to Chris, Christian's list last night. Who Christian Hodis got uh, top eight, and like the best way oh, to yeah, describe it, I, like it's what I called the deck when I was playing it was Lost Box uh, was Paradox Lost Box because you're playing both Moon and. Cool. What the last thing you heard from me was? Uh, I just it Paradox Lost Box. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so I think what we're learning right now, even though like Staples are one, so it's not like a strict roll. Um, every new attacker that comes out, even if it's a hefty cost, you can think about powering up in Lost Box um, as long as it's good enough. Like as long as like the effect of the attack or the damage output is good enough. And turns out, taking an extra prize or just straight up KOing something, just anything, are good attacks that are worth powering up in decks. So, I mean, obviously, like, this is this won't come up all the time, and especially because like the version that I was playing last night was the gimmick gimmickier version with uh, super effective glasses. But I was able to take a uh, four prize KO with Ampy very much on a clean Intellion V Max, which felt really cool. Uh, like the look on my opponent's face, he just didn't see it coming. He's like, "I don't. Why do you play those cards?" I was like, "This right here. This this is why." Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, that list cool. is interesting to me. Um, I guess just to talk about that deck a little bit, uh, we're talking about a Lost Box deck that is um, not doing any bench attacking. This this deck, like the list that topped the event anyway, I should say, doesn't play Water Energies for its Greninja. It doesn't even play Sableye. Uh, no spread, no snipe, not, none of that. We are playing super effective glasses, so we are super effective attacks. Uh, so our attacks hit for weakness, I should say, are hitting for three times instead of two times. And just a, a toolbox of attackers. And you're trying to like either be playing against a two-prize deck and just most likely recur one of your attackers and just hit for two-prize, two-prize, two-prize. Uh, whether that's like, you know, clearing something with in the list atop the Raikou, or if it's Tropius, Shaman, Minior in some matchups. Uh, and then close out by just Roaring Mooning, whatever. Or you can Roaring Moon twice if the, the matchup calls for it. Um, but just really trying to play just through their active Pokemon or use a, a gust as the game goes on to just clear their actives. And that's such a different angle for Lost Box because really yeah. even the the versions that have been more, you know, the turbo box, like you were really trying to take like two prizes off their active and then move on to chucking through the bench um, to close the game out. And I think it's so interesting that we've got to change the angle completely in this list. Yeah, I found myself like, Obviously, like I've played Lost Box a ton, but I found myself like seeing different angles with it as you went along. Like, there's just plays you just don't typically think of because it does play so differently. Not the least of which is because you're not racing to 10, like, because you don't play mm-hmm. Sableye. So it's not like 
there were times you're almost like, oh, racing to seven more than you were before in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, you want to get to seven on turn two, but after that, it's not like like Colrus is then just there to thin the deck out. Like mm-hmm. you don't act like so that like if you get Iona or you get Roxanne, like it's not as punishing. Beyond that, like I found myself in a lot of the later turns, it's not even necessarily needing to play a supporter and doing it just to take the action. But like you're like because you want to be like, well if they if they if they hand if they disrupt my hand I need to be able to draw back into my switches or my mirage gates or whatever mm-hmm. because these attacks are so energy intensive but like so that was kind of different and I don't know it was you're right like I was like you're you don't like you do like plow through any active in theory but like also having access to both I was playing a boss and a um kind of get you. Yeah, and I, I actually don't remember which list I saw that in. I don't know if that was they're, they're in one. the list that uh, was in top four. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, I really like that. It allowed you so that like if there was like a, a preemptive threat or like 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 in the in the game that I I'm talking about where I took the four prizes to end the game, um, he only was able to get down one Urshifu after, and he took a prize. So I was behind on prizes five uh, six to five, and I'm like, well, I have a Roaring Moon that I'm able to able to power up right now, and that way I can just immediately answer that discard his stadium. And then set up for the four prize turn. So mm-hmm. it's just like you're able to it, because your attacks are so like they're not like just they're not just about the straight up damage. They're kind of about manipulating the game state. Mm-hmm. Um, having those like niche niche gusts does really help with that. Um, it also this deck also gets to play one of our supporters we've liked a lot in different variants of Lost Box and in Raihan, which is just tremendous in a deck like this. Yeah, yeah, I think Iron Hands is just extremely good right now in these decks because you are trying to attack with so much. Whether it's it, Iron Hands is just an expensive card, so whenever you can mitigate the cost a little bit, that's really useful. Um, same with like you know, Roaring Moon needs double of the the same colored energy, so that that can be something that can be a little bit uh, prohibitive when you start factoring that you have to get different energies with Mirage Gate. So being able to use the Ryan to power those up and not feel so constrained that you need to be coercing every single turn is a huge uh, upgrade, I think. Yeah. Um, and something that's like really cute even is for the, the mirror. It's like obviously Iron Hands is kind of the, the mirror breaker. It's just really good at you know tri- flipping the prize race. But that mini or in these list isn't just for Snorlax. I mean, with the super effective glasses, that one shots of an Iron Hands too. Like that's incredibly strong. Yeah, that's... I'm as well as knocking out Lax through everything it could possibly have on it with the glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, and I'm not doing this just to focus on the challenge, but it's a lot of like sh- it's allowing me to shed some light on like uh, like the plays that you're you're talking about a little bit more. Because one, I have not watched the stream, and two, I, don't, I actually don't know if like in the, in day two of the I, I watched day one. I don't know if day two of the stream this deck gets featured all that much, so I don't know if yeah, we I have any uh, peeped it. Yeah, either. Um, but yeah, so I I actually lost the mirror because he was able to hands and um. On, like that was his first attack was hands on just like a, like a comfy or something and then um my first comfy of the next turn what the two cards were one of the pairs of glasses and the mini or so mm-hmm. it made it so that i'm only mini oring once and he was able to meet like i did it like i town stored for the other copy of glasses mini or up ko the the hands but then he's able to recycle the hands and do it again mm-hmm. and i just don't have a response because my glasses are gone so um but yes that that is like it doesn't come up against any of the other lightning attackers like the Maraida would play because like they only have a one retreat cost or whatever, but uh, your other attackers are still fine into that. So yeah, it, the, the fact that you have an easy answer to hands as well as an easy answer to lax is like Minior is much stronger than I thought it would be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I think this deck is interesting. Um, obviously we talked about, there's a number of different attackers in here, like the, the Tropius, they play Raikou. There's just a lot of things you can play. Um, but 
I don't know how many other, do you have any other thoughts on the deck? Like, I, I know you played the water energies. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Like, did you like that? I'm going to recall. Um, so I've played it a little bit online. I, they didn't come up whenever I was playing yesterday just because of the matchups that I faced. Um, but playing against like stuff like Gardevoir and things like that, like if you're not able to get out the easy, like turn one hands or you're able to bait them into a pretty like awkward field position because they're like, well, we have to put down the mana fee because Greninja is there, but like, and like actually able to be used, but, um, it's just easy prizes throughout the game. And like, um, it's another two prize avenue for roaring or for, um, iron hands so like it just like it, it's kind of like and it's also like another one of the things that's sick in the mirror if they're not expecting it like i i could have like it didn't come up because of the nature of the way the game played out but if my opponent had not been preparing for it a lot of these versions don't play manaphy anymore mm -hmm. because they're like well whatever we'll just respond with hands but if you're able to like hands on one of their companies and then follow that up with a like a uh greninja play or something like that or like in some sort of order where even if like then you're you're ahead two to four and even if they like return KO, which i will with the hands then you're just the roaring moon away from winning the game so yeah i was actually going to ask that exact question it's kind of why i was asking about it was there any window for you to be able to get the uh greninja off to to get yourself back in that game and you just weren't able to hit or is it kind of like not is it just not going to be enough because when you know, i'm thinking about it and you're just like mapping prizes out like you're still if they if they get the first attack off it is going to be hard either way to clear that gap uh, no, so the reason why I actually did why it did not come up that game was because he was able instead of KOing the Minior um, with the hand like with the redone hands, um, he vacuumed it off to mm -hmm. he vacuumed off the glasses and then, then counter it up. Yeah, yeah. So um, he just removed both threats because he'd seen me lost on the glasses. So I would have like, but beyond that, it, like I like that would have been the next play to do because he was just sitting there wide open to like to like that uh or that pressure. So I, I do think there's some merit to it. I, I like I played like I said I played the two water or three water energy. I definitely still think I would. It made me want to consider like if there's any other attackers that are worth like putting in that attack for that. Whether it be like 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 you said, some versions played the Raikou. It could be the Suicune, uh, because like it has like the same like V star. Like you use it as the V star and also a hit for the same damage, just not the weakness. I don't know if that's really relevant, but it's like things that you're considering because like you have the energies there. It's always Dragonite is a possibility because you have the water and lightning energies. So just a myriad of options that are worth considering. But yeah, um, I, it, I I think what's really cool is is how many different avenues there are. Like I know Tropius has bounced in and out of lists every once in a while, but yeah, the deck was really cool because you're able to kind of take advantage of literally any attacker in the game. And I, I thought so. I haven't felt like that since like amazing. Yeah, awesome. it's been a while. It's been a while since you could just play whichever attackers. I mean, obviously you could play whatever attackers. There just weren't like random strange attackers that you wanted to play. Did you have feelings on the shaman? Just I guess to kind of talk about the list we had we'd worked on a little bit. Um because yeah, I, I go so... back and forth on this because in in one sense I really do want to have another V to use because I don't want to I don't want to feel forced to heavy ball for Moltres if it's prized or you know, to put the Moltres on my bench just because I want to heavy ball. But it, by the same token, in most matchups where the Shaman isn't excellent, I would rather just be benching the Moltres since eventually it is a free attack. So I kind of go back yeah. and forth. I've played four Sealstone with only one target before, and it's it's been fine. Um, but I, by the same token, like I, I think the Shaman has multiple uses in the sense that like it doesn't actually need the glasses all the time either so you can shame in with glasses early and then recycle it and just do it again the next turn basically yep the downside there is that you know you can't start doing it early since it gives up two prizes so there's like there's a lot of pros and cons there and i'm, I'm kind of you know personally weighing it out i like the shaman but curious if you have any thoughts you've played the deck a lot more than me because i literally haven't yet 
No, but you've you've basically talked through all my thought process of it. Like I want I I want another V. I don't know that I need another V because like you can obviously get away with with not playing one. Um it's this is not the exact slot, but it's 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 a comparable slot where I've been playing the Mew EX as well, and I don't know that I love that. That could just be another like it pick a pick a, a utility V there yeah. instead of playing the Shaman and then like still fit the Tropius in, which is and which is how I ended up like thinking of things like uh either the Raikou or the uh and like I think that was the slot actually was some people played Raikou or one less played Raikou, one less played Mew. Played so Mew. just like I, I so I think there is merit to adding another V. I don't know if Shaman is the one. Um it's come up fine. Like I I like I there was no charge right there last night for me to actually test that against. And obviously that and Moon are really what it's there for. Um hitting both of them for weakness and, and just kind of like eliminating them off the board. But specifically against Moon, like I, I definitely don't like it as much as like a Tropius because you want to be able to go like almost exclusively single prize against them against Charizard. Like it's, it's not like the end of the world because like, I feel like once you get to the point where you're using Shaman, it's probably your last attack on a Charizard. So it's not like the end of the world. Um, but yeah, I, I want to mess with it more. I haven't taken it out of the list yet. I haven't, but like it also, like it just flat out didn't come up in the matchups that I played yesterday and I haven't played right. enough of the matchups where it's good yet for me to really get a, a frame on if it's the right one. But I, like I said, I do think that I want the second, V it, like in a perfect world obviously like you said you can get away with not having one but every time i'm able to like get out of that early like hand with either a vip pass or a chorus because i had to like opened up the way to do that and, and nothing else um mm -hmm. it really just like getting out of your early game seems to be the hardest part for this because you are a little bit more of an unorthodox list but uh so i, I do kind of really value I that do think, and i do think the shaman's a little bit interesting because they only need to have two prizes taken for the the one with the glasses like to be yeah. a, a one shot on Charizard, so you do get like the time to do it. You know, you're yeah. you're given the opportunities to do two Charizard knockouts with it. Um, yeah, which is interesting to me, and it taxes your glasses a little bit less. But obviously, you you made a good point about the Roaring Moon uh, downside there because that also could be very frustrating in certain spots. Mm -hmm. um, because you're not a deck that's gonna, they're not gonna have to gouge against you very often. They're just gonna be Correct. a, a two thirty, and God forbid they play the the capsule you know, 290 Roaring Moon that's just kind of beaten through things. And yeah. Obviously, Tribius is a lot better for that. Um, but Because that is the one time where using your moon to counter their big thing is not advantageous. Like, it's useful right, in a lot of other right. matchups there. It's just, like, you're trading so inefficiently. You actually do, like, because pretty much every list of that deck plays Squawk, and some of them play Luminion also, and none of them are... Hands. They're, yeah, none of them are playing ways to clear their bench. We just talked about how you do get the gusts in this list. You can actually just hands for six prizes against them pretty That's easily, true. too. Um, or even, even if it's not six prizes, you know, you take three that way, you kill one moon, and then you only have to deal with something else. So it may not matter too much because hands yeah. is the one thing that if they're not able to boss, they do have to gouge through. Yeah. So uh, there's some interesting angles there. Um, you know, I, I it's funny because that's such like a small upside slot to debate about, but it's one of those things where we'll probably spend like hours of of text messages uh debating the merits of each side pretty pointlessly because we'll end up not playing this ever again <laughs> i don't know if that's true so that's the other thing it's just funny the idea that we'll talk about it for hours and hours and it'll just never actually matter yeah that's that's true um but like this really showed me like i mean obviously we we registered for knoxville i think we're the only we're the only ones in our group so far that have been able to get in i know there's another wave in like eight days mm -hmm. um but Noxville will be in essentially this format. We get uh, Paldea Evolved, or Paldea Fates, whatever the set is called, um, which I think has like 30 new cards, but largely will be much the same format. And um, obviously, 
tons of events and stuff like that that'll kind of like change the format between now and then. But if you told me I was playing like some version of Lost Box that had Hands of Moon in it, I would not be surprised at all because it just like comfy, like the comfy, like the Lost Engine plus those two cards yeah. feels like a very good core concept that can take advantage of most matchups in the format. I actually want to talk about that because this was in the episode that was uh, Lost to the Fire. Uh, it's crazy how much all it took was toward doing well for something that in the run up to Paradox Rift, we had been so excited to put Iron Hands in Lost Box decks. Yep. It's, it's one of the things we talked about constantly as we got closer to the format actually starting. It turned into a, I'm not really sure the right way to build this deck with this card in it um because we didn't we had kind of lost some of our faith in kyogre just as a concept which i'm mm -hmm. fully back in on at this point but you know we were like ah, i don't know if we like this turbo doesn't quite feel right here's these matchups where we don't like it and all it took was like one person doing well for everyone else to also go hey wait a sec we all thought this was going to be good right what why do we stop doing this and it turns out it's just insane yeah so, as you mentioned earlier and it's funny because we kept making this point about lugia as well it's a lot like having the Amazing Rose back, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just throwing broken attackers in my deck that's able to power up broken attackers. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, why did we ever stop doing that? Why Why was no one playing Iron Hands Lost Box at LAAC? What What was wrong with you guys? Well, it's us included, because we, we had talked about this deck a ton in the lead-up, and, you know, it was the bogeyman in the format. It was, oh, Iron Hands, Iron Hands, Iron Hands. And everyone took, like, the very level one approach after all the fear hit them. It was like, I'm not going to play Comfy. It loses to Iron Hands. Instead of being like, wait a sec, we could just play Iron Hands and the cards that beat Iron Hands in the same deck. It's like, wait, yep. for real? How do we all forget? <laughs> I think what's even weirder, especially specifically for you and I, is that not only that, but we were also obsessed with Lost Moon and the fact that we just didn't like then yeah, never just the put electric energies into our deck. No, which was like so straightforward, obviously. <laughs> it was but, very obvious. Yeah. And just like we both it. liked it so much and we were just like, oh yeah, we'll play this. But we played it like Lost Tina, which is something we hated as opposed to this, which is obviously something we would like significantly more. Yeah. Uh, working, I guess, backwards a tiny bit, I actually really did think Path to the Peak was a really good card at the uh going into laic i thought it was pretty well positioned for that tournament so there's like some part of me that is like yeah that was a, a smart thing to do i do think that list either way should have had an iron hands and a couple lightning energies in it but you know whatever hi ryan <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah it probably should have i don't know um i guess that brings it to another point like not to transition off of this deck but path is certainly dip dipped off some i, I beyond like the mute decks which i think like there was one in top cut of stuttgart which i love this whole this was supposed to be like an update on like the meta and we just talked about lost box for a half hour which is very on brand i feel but, like the update um, to the meta actually is that it turns out there's two updates i feel like to the meta one of them is that lost box is back in the big way and the other one is that oh yeah urshi is uh still good yeah yeah which was i mean and i know part of that is just you know another country but like that deck was obviously still still definitely good. Um, I mean, I guess you could like extrapolate it to it was like Charizard was a little bit quieter this week, but I, I think that's it's been like right above the right up there mm -hmm. a lot of the times. Same with Gardevoir, like I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, would you say that it's kind of solidified itself where right now Guardi? Would you say Guardi Maridon and then I guess some version of Comfy are the top three, or what? Where do you stand at where the format is right now? Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... I think Maridon, Guardi, Comfy are are probably my my top three. Um, I don't know. I have a hard time not putting Charizard up there, even though the results 
this week didn't really bear out that way, but it's yeah, it continues to look really good every time I see it. Um, it was it was in my top three over comfy until this week, and it probably still should be. Yeah, despite, I guess like, what happened this week. I guess where where I kind of come down on this is that uh, if if comfy is able to be like reliably doing iron hands, and if you leave Greninja in there and stuff like. That deck beats Guardi. Purportedly, Maridon beats Guardi, uh, especially if you do the double Iron Hands kind of build. Uh, does Guardi fall out of the the top three and Charizard come in because it's very good against Maridon and it's at least decent against Lost Box? It's definitely possible. That could be why you only like you saw the like, highest placing Guardi list yeah, being like fifteenth this week. Especially like if the play rate for Charizard continues to fall down and the play rate for like if we're gonna call uh, Intel Urshia tier two deck continues to come up, like. Guardi loses good matchups and gets another bad one too. Uh, so it kind of feels like like just the metagame fluctuations are just kind of pushing Guardi down the man. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Uh, like, it's weird. Like, I still think it probably has probably the highest ceiling, but like the meta might be shifting in a in a, in a negative place for it. So I don't know. It, it it puts it in a weird place. Do you? So does that mean you don't expect good things from from Guard? I mean, maybe maybe we shouldn't expect good things from Guardi if Tord's going to be playing Lost Box for two straight events. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I think no, I'm I'm not going to predict big for Guardi at this event though. The U.S. players that went to uh, Brisbane for the other regional were all playing Guardi, so mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe there's a concentration of American players that are still in on Gardevoir, kind of no matter what. Um, but you know, it, it kind of works both ways because if I think Charizard's that well positioned, then that means Guardi gets better position. So I. Uh, I guess, like, for me, it feels more like the top four, and it's Charizard plus those three. That's fair. Yeah, no, I that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, I, I don't know how much time is left. I can't uh, see how much. three minutes. On okay. This one. Do you want to just cut and then, like, make our predictions for, sure. for San Antonio? Okay. Do you want to send the invite? Uh, yeah, I'll send you. Cool. Sure. So given this, given like the slight update on everything overall, the events overseas, this will be the first North American event in what three or four weeks, I guess, at this point. Um is it the no, is this the, no, this is the first lo- North American event of the format, right? Yeah, that's crazy. It it doesn't feel like it, but I guess that's because so many like, LAIC feels players. a lot like it's just because it's an international, like I don't want to say it feels like a North American event, but it it doesn't feel like it's a south american of any either i mean it is yeah. it's truly an international it feels like that. everyone yeah. Yeah, um, yeah yeah but it's it's easy to feel like because you know just straight up the, the biggest portion of the the top players just based on population that's how it works are north american players it does feel like north american players have been at a lot of events especially when we had some in the top cut of brisbane too yeah and some trouble to, to dance some that i think some trouble to strict guard as well so i'm sure some were at all of them yeah 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 but, so, so when you've like... been seeing north american players names still in the top cut of tournaments and it's it's easy to forget that we literally haven't had one here yet but i think what's interesting is this is this will be the first time that we are seeing the primary like u.s testing groups like travel to events together since leic do you think yeah. that we're going to see like a new like a new like, i don't like do you think one of the decks that maybe we have not seen as a bigger presence like come from them do you think a newer version of a deck is coming or do you think we're going to kind of see more of the same here i mean i wouldn't bet against um the big u.s groups having either a updated charizard list or an updated lost box list um you know i i know they've done really good work on both of those decks already in the past and i think those are both decks that there's plenty of space to work on um i think guardy as a deck is essentially solved like you know the craziest thing someone could come up with for Guardi would be a list that like 
confidently is able to do like more crazy Kate plus vacuum stuff. Um, but I just don't think there's enough room to iterate on that tech that we're going to see anything crazy. Um, the other thing, and I'm not betting on this, but would be a really, really uh, clean and refined Iron Valiant deck of some sort. And yeah. I don't see it happening, but I think that's the only deck that like would have a lot of room for work that we haven't seen yet. It's weird. Um, you know me, I've been a big proponent of that deck since like we started testing this set. And um, the question I was going to ask coming into this, based not just based on results, but based on the feel of playing it over the last like month or so is, are we sure that deck doesn't just suck? Because like, no, a so actually, like I, I'm very sure that it doesn't suck. Here's here's what happened. Uh, you know what that deck really feasted on? Chan Pao. Uh, let's That's go ahead true. and take a look at the metagame. Where's the Chan Pao? That, it also that, does that it does feast on Gardevoir, um, especially if they're playing any 60 HP Ralts and get unlucky enough to have to put them into play. Uh, but Gardevoir's adapted. It's funny that just that one change is very significant to the matchup, but most Gardevoir players don't play a 60 HP Ralts, but it's kind of doing the same thing. It's keeping that out of the format. Um, and the only like the only evolving deck that it doesn't beat up on super badly is Charizard, and that's just because all Charizard really has to do is stick one Zard, and they can just take the game over against you. You, you can't really snowball on Zard just from the prizes. Their Zards are too efficient once they get into play. Um... But the matchups that it's good against have fallen out of the metagame a little bit. Um, if we're purely playing to be a spread deck, then I think the thing we were the most wrong about is that uh, Urshi Intel is just better at being the spread deck. Um, that worked itself out. Like You would rather be that deck than Iron Valley and Urshi or any of those if your goal is just to you know eat up bench spots. Yeah. Which is super reasonable. Uh, that also is, Urshi is a lot better against Maridon, which is a matchup that can be a little awkward for uh, Entei Valiant. But the decks that that deck was good against have just kind of dropped off. I don't think it's bad or fake, but I think it's doing something we talked about a decent bit, which was like, it's it's kind of a gatekeeper that is really, uh, I don't want to say like not getting the respect it deserves, but it's a deck that could pop back up at any point if people forget and start playing decks that are really bad against someone putting 60 on a basic turn one. Okay, that's fair. Uh, then I already like kind of alluded to it, but uh, you mentioned it. Chain Pound, does that deck just suck? Oh, that deck just sucks. Which is bizarre, because that felt like it was going to be the... Like, I mean, that I deck agree. sucks. And but that, that deck was the boogeyman going into LAIC, yep. which is probably why LAIC almost looks like it was a different format. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it ended up like people had come off of it in favor of playing Guardi by the time that event came around. But... Yeah, well, and it's funny because we we looked at it coming into the format as being the boogeyman, and then when we did the spreadsheet pre-LAIC, and we're talking about it on the podcast, I go, hey, this deck doesn't have a single good matchup, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels that way, and that's what the data says, but everyone says it's good. That can't be right. Nah, bro, it just has no good matchups. That like literally doesn't have a good matchup. Yeah, I remember walking. I remember walking up the first night of us testing in person, being like, "Man, that was just a rough night of me playing. I must suck because I know that deck's supposed yeah, to." Yeah, yeah, no, I just... remember we we played it into every single deck, and you were like, "Boy, this deck's just not working tonight for me." And yeah, and I, I like I was convinced. I was like, "Oh, rough night for me. I just I'm not good." And it's like, it's like "Oh, no, well, it that's just sucks. True, the deck's just bad." Yeah, how'd that happen? Um, I don't know. I've got a lot of ways format. that I can talk about, but I mean, I do think part of it, like, 
we've got a deck that has fallen off in popularity that just eats it up. Um, the matchup has gotten better for Mariah on into it because you're able to get those multi-price trades onto the evolvers. Uh, it, it's just really the whole format has worked itself out in a way where like decks have just gotten better against you and all you gained was the ability to play Iron Hands. But the deck's problem wasn't beating up on decks that were single prize or you were the best Greninja deck of the format. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it just all didn't work out for it. Um, I want to talk about one deck before we make any predictions because something we haven't touched on for this event, and we talked about the deck for a while at the start, but is Snorlax. And Snorlax basically disappeared for Stuttgart. Yeah. Um, is this just people are aware of the deck? And there was one in top 16, so that's not entirely true. But is this just people are too prepared for the deck at this point? People know too much. Just a weird thing. Guardy fell off a little bit, which is slightly Snorlax's favorite. I know people are people are higher on Guardian in that matchup than I am in general, but uh you know what what's your thought here? Well the last box matchup, especially seemingly of those ones, does also does not seem very good, which I think is a, mm-hmm. a bigger part of it as well. And all um, these Charizard players are putting Mini in their deck at this point. Yeah, so I think that what we've said the whole time was the reason why we liked Stall was because people were, like, the, the, by the nature of the meta, it was just not being respected. But if you start respecting it, then it has to adjust. And it looks like we're probably in that cycle now where it's time to adjust. I don't know yeah. how yet. When I, I think part of the problem, to your point, was, like, Lost Box doesn't have to actually do anything to respect it. The mini or is, it, it's free real estate, because you're going to play yeah. for Iron Hands anyway, but you're ready for the Switch deck. Like, you, you could beat Snorlax anyway. <laughs> yep. The fact that you yep. get to play mini or two in those versions, I mean, you're you're just cooking with propane at that point. You know, it's just easy. Um, And all these Charizard decks, like I said, pretty much everyone online, at least, has been playing mini or. I haven't looked closely at the the decks from Stuttgart because there weren't any Zards in Top Cut. Um, but if it was you a do, Zard in Top Cut, but it was fake Zard, but but if you do and you play the matchup correctly, like the mini or and like they don't have like like I, I know that some people and like I was playing the uh Maw with the pads to like te- re-tech against the mini or if they're not playing that and you're just playing the mini or and like know how to play the matchup, that matchup does tilt significantly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, beyond that, like the Toll Jammer is very reasonable in Zard, which yep. also gets rid of the Mawile counter. Um, yep. Some Zard lists are playing Lost City, so you only have to deal with the Mawile once. There's, yeah, there's a lot that can be done to to shift that matchup in your favor. So I guess are you kind of off lax right now? I, I feel like it's funny because I've gone from thinking it was the best position deck in a, a quick two-week span to I, I do. I'm off of it. I'm off for now. Um, like, I still think it has the potential to this format. Obviously. What? Because if no, it can change quickly, obviously, because if no one's playing it, you shouldn't play Minior in your Charizard deck. So there's kind of a. I feel like very often we end up in these, like, you know, will she, won't she situations where it's like, ooh, if they're not playing the Minior, it's my weekend. And it's like, we'll spend a couple weeks going back and forth. And then uh, by like week three or four, we're just like, all right, fuck this. We're playing Minior every week yep. because there's no reason for me to to flip the coin and figure it out. And that's why I think like something like this is so much better at the beginning of a format mm-hmm. than anything else. Because like, why would you play it at the beginning? You don't know how much of the but is um, how much of the room it's going to be. But once you realize that, I mean, there's like day to it. Uh, I think the dance it was like twelve percent of the room. Like if you're not playing, you're just yeah. asking to just be yeah, scrubbed out of the tournament. So yeah, yeah. I, I I think right now until something changes, I, I'm I'm off it, which hurts to say because I love playing control, but you know. It is what it is. I mean, uh, it went from the deck that felt the best, and obviously this happens with metagame fluctuations, but it went from the deck that I thought was easily the best position deck in the metagame to, like, I don't even want to play it. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so, that, right. so you're you're not picking any of them to top this week. What, what do you think it is going to be, like, some of the decks where, like, like, like we said all podcasts, like, 
the deck of the weekend, even you know, if it had one, was like the explosion of Lost Box back onto the scene. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, Lost Box is going to do, do well. The... I think. Uh, I'm. I mean, it's funny because I do think all three, and there's debatably more than three distinct versions. But instead of breaking it down to like Turbo Greninja, whatever, it's just like it's Greninja Lost Box, Charizard Lost Box, and then Giratina Lost Box to me. Yep. And I think all three versions are live to top. Um, obviously, as part of my shtick, I'm going to certainly not predict Giratina to top cut, but uh, I think multiple Lost Box variants are in top cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, whether that is involving Kyogre or not, or Charizard, or if it's two of the same, I, I don't, I, I, multiple copies of Lost Box will be in top cut. Um, I think the, I think Urshi's topping again as well. I think that deck is really, really well positioned. It continues to pick up steam online, which it seems to always do and not convert to real life, but. Um, I think that's going to stick around and keep picking up steam. Um, and I, I feel pretty good about DT Muse Spot in the format right now as well. Yeah. Um, I just think the next well position, that's one that we kind of glossed over this whole time and didn't really say anything about. Uh, but I think the deck is in a really good spot. I think people have really uh, adopted the, like playing multiple box of disasters, which can really tilt the guardy matchup. That coupled with the ability to just be like path judge as the game gets later so that they're not able to, you know, effectively make a guardy play. Um, especially if you've been able to remove some of their curliest from play while you're just doing normal stuff, so they can't really dig for the outs either. Um, I think that deck is extremely well positioned. Charizard is kind of on a drop off, so even better for it. If you're worried about it, you can play the Luxray attack, obviously, as well, though I'm not the biggest proponent of that right now. I just don't think you need it. Um, and Or the Excel Gore. I probably would not be playing that either. No, no. So it's funny. I was just going to say, like, to kind of hedge my answer a little bit that I think it's funny because there are some very notable U.S. players that love playing Mew and are very good with Mew, uh, but they also have the biggest uh, likelihood to put unplayables in their deck. So yeah, tough to say, tough to bet on them. But I, I think Mew is really, really well positioned. I expect to see that do well. Um, I mean, that's four five spots. Maradon on top. It's a U.S. event. Maradon always tops. Maradon is debatably the best deck in the format. Is Yep. You know, remiss as I am to. <laughs> so he bought Rhydon, so you're there. I did, yeah. I felt like I needed to have it to test with. So I would. So that's going to be like my my. I don't even know if I believe it, but like my prediction of the event is that I think the Peony Maridon version is going to top. I I think that deck's actually really good, and like the more I played with it, the more I'm like, like obviously you, you increase your chance of bricks because you play 18 energies and like a bunch of nonsense. But like if lost box is bigger, being able to get a turn one hands, like it's just obviously insane. Yeah. I've, I've kicked around a lot of different things with this. Cause I, I was trying that deck online for a while. I was playing, actually I played a bunch of ride on online last week at some point. Yeah. Um, and I tried various, uh, peony versions and what I found from doing that was kind of first thing you said was a man, that's a lot of energies uh, B something that ended up being like more productive to getting off my turn one iron hands attacks was just playing more DC. I could uh, see that or DT, excuse me. Um, so like I'm, I'm up to playing like two DTs in my, my normal rad on list, which is becoming more and more common. I don't know if the list that got second it show card did or not, but uh, they were just on the one, but I'm I'm up to two DTs, uh, still playing like 13 lightning energies, um, multiple Arvins, because ultimately that card does the same thing that Peony does turn one, if you didn't already draw your uh, your Forest Seal Stone. So playing multiple Arvins and just like a normal version, and yeah, I have a few less lightning energies than some of those lists. I can see playing like a 14th in just regular Maradon along with multiple yeah. DTs, 
Um, and I was testing Rye Hand for the the second, like the follow-up Iron Hands as well. That spot has gone back and forth for me from playing just like a one of Peony as well for the if you want to do this a second time and you've already used your four seal stone. Um so I don't know. I think there's I, I don't disagree with you at all. The thing that I don't like about those lists is that they seem to always cut on Flaffy. Um, which I still think like Flaffy Mareep is the only way this deck has like any longevity in the game. So I'm I'm kind of nervous to trim on that. That's fair. Yeah, I, I feel like they are a little bit more like safe than they have been because we're seeing like less and less people play Sableye, mm-hmm. uh, even in lost decks. So like it's been at that point, like you just have to get the one, but obviously if you draw in the wrong order, it's complicated. I, I put a super rod in my version of the PNE one because like sure. I'm just tired of that happening. But um no, I understand that point. So I I think there's something there. And, and it could just be like some some version of a hybrid or just playing like I think focusing Maride on more at Iron Hands is very good given the current yeah, format. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um but yeah, no, I'm 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 on the same page generally. I think probably like three or four lost comfy decks are going to top because like the deck just feels like on, on the upswing right now. I do think we'll probably see a mute or two uh, a Maride on and then uh, it could be like anything at that I mean, point. Yeah, like, I guess I, like, like if still. I'm trying to fill out the top cut, like I think a Charizard and a Gardevoir are going to top cut as well. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Um, I'm excited to get back to it. And then we have like a little bit of a break from there for the holidays. So that'll be cool, like in terms of like catching up on events. So um, definitely I'm looking forward to talking about San Antonio next week as long as, you know, this continue, <laughs> technology continues to work with us. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're constant struggle here. Um, my, my last question for you is what do you think? Because the deck has... Uh, it two of the regionals we've had so far has been right outside of top eight. Do you think any chance that you know legit Roaring Moon uh, squeaks into a top cut slot? I don't. I'm stunned every time that's bubbled both times. I just like I I don't get it. Like I've played against deck enough that I understand. Like it's it's to me it's just a cup challenge deck. I don't understand how it keeps like actually getting that close. And I think that you probably don't agree with me. Uh, no, I think I'm I'm pretty in line with you on that one. Um, especially like the the version from stuttgart is is really gross i don't like that list at all if you haven't looked at it it's like it's not doing any of the um energy switch well it's playing energy switch but it's not doing it to any interesting attackers it's just another acceleration piece with galarian moltres um and i i think the version with iron hands or at least greninja is very interesting to me in some capacity um like you said there's less and less mana fees in the format too so there's something there from my perspective uh with Greninja or doing the Iron Hands thing. The Iron Hands thing is just a little more all in, but anyway, yeah. that's a separate point. Um, I think like for that deck to succeed, oh, it's going to take somebody getting Frank. What's up? Uh, getting more creative with the energy switch uh, plus you know vitality kind of engine to power up something really cool. But um, I, I'm not there yet, and I think we would need to see like a very clear hole in the meta game that we can exploit that way. Yeah, I just it's. It's, it's funny because it's it's a game difference though, but it, it does feel like a top sixteen deck to me and not a top eight deck to me, which is yeah. such a silly mindset, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's a reason why it hasn't broken through yet. I I, I just if you're gonna do the race thing like like it does, I just think Mariah does it better. So I mean, again, we I think we've got a ninth and a tenth or two ninths. So and it, it is clean both times. This was not a missed on breakers, but it was yeah. a clean ninth or tenth or whatever the other one was, but. I mean, we're close, you know? Yeah, we are. I don't think this will be the weekend that it changes. So I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. I could just, I don't, I haven't identified an angle for the deck that I feel like, yeah, if we can do this, the deck's great. But I, I yeah. think there is like, 
there's enough opportunity similar to like mirage gate to the vitality plus energy switch kind of engine that i i feel like this could do something fair enough all right well we will be back next week to talk about that maybe and if it finally breaks through and everything else from san antonio regionals on ancient wisdom thanks guys